0: Um do I where's my this is my phone? Yes okay. Let me turn off my go to bed alarm. This is my
1: story. This This is is my my
2: phone (laughs) Praising my savior all the day long Prophet Preacher Servant
0: Leader cults, this is a another Minnesota topic taken from therapy uh, where I was working through some purity movement stuff and uh, got really concerned about hell and then realized at some point that like uh, churches that focus on hell and the way that evangelicals do are just cults. But I don't know if that's true or not. So Ethan, I hear that you have done reading about some cults. Do you have thoughts? Sort Do you have of. things to share? Okay.
1: Um. So the book I read it was the first book we had to read in my methods of research in religion class. It was a really really interesting book on. In by the way, in the religious studies world, we don't call them cults anymore. What I, I don't call really them. mind. We call them. We call them new religious movements.
0: They're fucking cults,
1: though. Sure, but but we call them new religious movements. Um. I'm fine with calling them cults, but, like, that's just apparently what I've learned. Um, hmm. and, uh, and I re- we read this really interesting book about um, black cults or new religious movements in the early 20th century in the country. Um, the Nation of Islam was one. Um,
0: okay, so then maybe we need to draw a difference between cults and new religious movements.
1: They would not. Oh yeah, religious would scholars would not. But
0: there's... religious
1: scholars would not draw a distinction. They would say that so, cult is too rooted in prior theological categorization, oh. and and um, and so, they would want to say something different. Okay, so like even a thing like Jonestown. Yeah, they would not. Okay. They, they they would not be comfortable calling it a cult. Um, they would not be comfortable saying it was a, a good or neutral thing. Right. But, but they but they would not be comfortable saying, "Well, that's a cult." Most mostly because, um, like I said, there's some prior theological sure. reasonings behind it, but <clears throat> that they want to try to distance themselves from. But but also because for for the I think for a similar reason that you're you might be experiencing Joe maybe mm-hmm. um, we don't really know how to draw the distinction then. Right. Like like we're it's it's that. Supreme
2: Court case about like pornography was well, I don't I can't define it but I know it when I see it.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's something to that. You know, there, there's not a there's not a ton haven't you ever heard of that?
0: No, I've heard of it. I don't think it applies here.
1: No, I think it might. Well, what do you think is, is amiss?
0: Well maybe it's that I, maybe it does apply because um the, so what I'm thinking of is the judge has a very negative idea of pornography in that, and so like if we were labeling um, pornography and like cults together and being like, I know this negative thing when I see it, but and, like if we have a more expansive idea of pornography, not necessarily as bad, but like snuff films are a bad part of pornography and so like same as there are new religious movements but there are also really negative ones out of that that we don't want to Mm. and that's what we refer to as a cult but also other people will then call other new religious movements cults in order to lump them in with this kind of negative connotation which is like that's why i push back against like the nation of islam i was like do we call that a cult um but i like i would see that as a new religious movement
1: Sure, I see what you're saying, I, and and I don't, I don't personally disagree. It honestly, like like I'm just talking about religious right. study stuff, you know, like um, I think that they would just be uncomfortable. These religious scholars would be uncomfortable with with how then, and this is why I think Ian might be, might might be saying something that I think is helpful. Like, how then do we judge what is um, sort of bad so the other problem is is that when we talk about cults what we're really saying is that uh these are um religious movements that lack power and respectability
0: mm, okay
1: you know so that's like so like why is christianity not a cult well christianity isn't a cult because we define all cults next to christianity right, right yeah. you know that that's why it's not a cult uh, and the other reason why it's not a cult, quote unquote, is because there is a certain amount of respectability and, um, uh, um, you know, power sort of attached to it right. that we wouldn't attach to Jonestown or or maybe even the Nation of Islam. Um, but there are other ones. So in this book, the Nation of Islam was just one of them. There, there were more than I, I just, I wasn't really aware of at all, but there's some really interesting Ones that this scholar was kind of working through and kind of discovering how many of these new religious movements or cults sort of re-understand um, uh, the history of, of black folks and and so sort of like the Hebrew Ethiopian congregations were another one where where part of the the history of the of this movement is to see black folks not as Negroes, because Negro this is rooted in the time, right? So like the word Negro in the early 20th century, these, these folks would totally reject, and say, under no circumstances are we Negroes. That's just a word that white folks made up to describe us. We are Ethiopians, or we are uh, Moorish Americans, was another one, you know, of the Moors. Or, um, uh, there was one, Father Divine's, uh, Father, oh, what's his name? Father... She in the book it's Father Divine P.M. because P.M. stood for something and I can't remember what it is right now, mm-hmm. but Father Divine was this uh, black folk black gentleman who uh, didn't believe in race at all and his adherents mm-hmm. wanted to say none on all of their like race cards and so like this scholar this race, race card I'm, I'm about to explain it so the okay. scholar the scholar um, uh, was looking at things like. Um, uh draft documents uh, uh, and and, right um and also many members of these organizations had cards you know like that they would get you know and be like i'm a member of the such and such and uh she kind of explores like folks who are signing up for the draft who are part of these movements who were like you know race and and they would say none they were part of father divine's movement and usually what you'll have are like these these Administrators who are filling out the draft card for them will say, "We'll write in none," and then in the corner will be like, "This is a Negro," you know, like, <laughs> right, like, yeah. Come on. Um, really interesting. It was a really interesting book. Um, I found out why Malcolm X is called Malcolm X.
0: Oh yeah, explain that.
1: Um, so Wallace D. Fard, the founder of the Nation of Islam, uh, who might not have been black.
0: Oh, really? Really
1: interesting. He he was really ambivalent, like like the hmm. like it's very kind of like pictures of him were. It was, it was com- it's complex, you know. It's not obvious, whatever that means. Well, right. is Faris, founder of the Nation of Islam, and um, uh, sort of achieves by the end of his time with the Nation of Islam, quasi divine status. So sort of not quite a prophet, sort of beyond prophet. Hmm. And he, when you join the Nation of Islam, he would give them, give folks their new names. And so they might, they might keep their first name and then Wallace Farr would, would offer them a new name, right? So Wallace D. Farr disappears, you know, and there's a sort of a second coming narrative that goes on in it. Really, he actually just runs away and he's arrested for murder, um, but, which is interesting. Uh, because he absolutely kills a guy. Uh, <laughs> and is a mess for murder. Um, but his uh, um, second in command, Elijah Muhammad, who was a black guy, um, takes up the uh, practice that Fard does, um, but doesn't give anybody new names. Gives people placeholders of X until Fard <coughs> comes back. Right. So, Malcolm X uh, is Malcolm X because hmm. of that. Did not know that. Really interesting. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was uh, quite interesting. And this author focused on, you know, just the, the way in which these um, new religious movements um, uh, provide kind of theological and narrative underpinnings for folks. And, uh, adopting new names was really common in a lot of them and, and seeing new histories stuff
0: like that well that's and that's not completely foreign to christianity either right there and i mean you get a christian name at baptism um but you also like you would get new clothes when you're baptized there is this real sense of putting on a new person in some strands of christianity and so like that's not that that behavior in and of itself is not problematic um but what i want to talk about was problematic things
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but that makes it hard. Like like right. I particularly after reading this book, like it's it's kind of So like Jonestown. Well what's what makes Jonestown bad? Well ultimately what makes Jonestown bad is the murder. Right. Right. The murder suicide. But so. like, there's the stuff leading up to Jonestown bad? Because if the stuff leading up to all of that is also bad, then everything is a cult. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. Then, then we've got a kind of an issue here. Like, you know, like well well they were indoctrinated. Yeah, I mean, what we just call that religious education,
0: right? Right.
1: You know what I mean, and that sort of becomes hard. You know, I get it. Like, but or or Christian formation or Christian formation, yeah.
0: Right, which is where like you have you'll have people who are like, well, I don't want to raise my kids in Christianity because I don't want them brought up in a cult. Um. Because there are such similarities there.
2: Or like the, I'm not going to bring my kids up in Christianity because I want them to, you know, come to terms with their own identity and figure things out for themselves, not realizing that Christianity has such a claim on the West.
1: Yes, yes, that's a good point, you know. And and that's kind of the, the kind of critiques of secularism kind of work with that then too. And then they say, well, there's really no way to not indoctrinate your child right like there's really no way you know to to kind of not instill a metaphysical system in your kid or or not instill a set of moral principles or what have you or myths you Mm. know like alexander hamilton (laughs) right you know if we won't do it the american broadway will do it you know (laughs)
0: American Broadway—that's also a cult. Yeah, I mean, I guess there. So yes, and then so, so then, what kind of um, defense can I have against evangelicalism and this like belief that I have that like hell is a real place and I'm going there? You know, like like what if if we then. Are hesitant to label things as being negative, or are hesitant to point to things as indications of something that's harmful. Then, then, like, where's our where's our standard for harm? Where's our how do we look at something and say this is bad? The I guess we've asked this question before. How do we look at something and say it's bad theology and it's the fruits of it? But how do you there? The the like the the metaphor is that. Bad trees bear bad fruit, right? Mm. And so how do we identify a bad tree before it bears bad fruit?
2: Sure. Sure. So I believe that like there's a way to look at like who is at the center of this thing, this institution, this organization, this religious movement. This religious movement and why are they doing what they're doing, what, Mm -hmm. what is, what's their, like, what's, what's undergirding it? Is it, are they doing it to hold on to power or like consolidate power for themselves to manipulate, uh, people who are impressionable? Um, are we seeing a pattern of like converts to this new religious movement where like, these are people who had traumatic childhoods, um, who are abuse survivors? And to be
0: clear, the church also draws in people who are super who who need to deal with their things in order to not be toxic.
2: And I'm not I'm not absolving the church okay. <laughs> through right, right. here like like the church is hella problematic, <laughs> and people like uh, get into church leadership to build up their own power, right? Um, and We absolutely do need to call that out. Yeah, Um,
0: right. Which is part of why the United Methodist Church is as stringent as it is on its ordination stuff, or like should be, uh, because we're trying not to make cult people. Who is it? Jeffrey Dahmer tried to be a Methodist pastor, and they didn't let him go through the process.
1: Right. Same with Jim Jones. Yeah. Jim Jones tried to do that, too. They were like, "Mm, you got some red flags. So that's nice. I'm glad to did. that.
0: But so so you think that we can analyze the leader and the leader's motivations in order to identify whether our religious movement is good or bad?
1: Look to the sovereign. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I actually I think I agree with Ian in in a sense. So like I think that um, it would be incorrect to say that Christianity is founded on Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus was a Jewish man. He didn't found, he, he didn't he didn't establish Christianity. Christianity mm-hmm. is not really established by one person. You know what we're really talking about is a collection of communities that spring up around the event and teaching of Jesus Christ that are after many years uh, sort of united, and then after many years disunited, and, and we're kind of in that. So that's I think one element. Like. You know, uh, is this founded on? Is is a religious tradition founded on a on a charismatic leader? I think that might be one question we can ask. Because only one. I, I think there are exceptions to that, but I think that's one question you can ask. Like Judaism, I think is similar. You know, like like is Judaism founded on Moses? Not really. You know, not not ultimately no. You know, it, it's it's founded from a number of Hebraic communities right. that that you know eventually come to understand themselves partially because of outside understanding from rome and from other folks as jewish people but like but it but it's it's not really like that you know even islam is not really founded on from my very basic understanding of what islam is which is as we've talked about very little it's not really founded on a charismatic leader you know you have interpreters of teachings and and communities that come you know and And I think that's absolutely true of Buddhism and Hinduism and all that stuff. The other thing I think is important is, does the tradition have a self-critical tradition? Oh, okay. I think that's another important element. And so, which is why I've come to question Mormonism as a cult. Oh, okay. That's one of the dimensions. And so Mormonism is ultimately founded on a charismatic leader, which is part of what makes it a cult in some sense but it has also established a self-critical tradition where where it's able to critique itself and, and still sure. be sort of a part of the tradition, um, which is a good sign. It's what sort of keeps things from kind of going off hinges and derailing and things like that. And, and obviously Christianity has a, you know, a self-critical tradition. Like it, it's had that for a while where, where you have even in the patristic era when, when everything yeah. is united, you know, you have folks who are trying to come to terms with stuff and figuring things out. Judaism's whole thing is to be self-critical, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really that's really helpful when it comes to evangelicalism. Is that um, a big part of it? Is that you you don't question, you right. just accept yeah. the teachings, and yeah. the teachings are supposed to be very straightforward. And if you just follow all the teachings, then you're doing all the right things. Um, and God forbid you question your pastor when your pastor does anything, because your pastor knows the teachings better than you do, and so, yeah.
2: Here are five foundations upon which everything is built, and everything rests on, and if one of those foundations gets pulled out, the whole meaning-making system comes tumbling down.
0: Why did you say five?
2: But the five the five fundamentals. There are five Fundamentals for fundamentalism oh, in, in, you Christi- mean, in Christian fundamentalism.
0: Oh oh oh! I understand.
2: I don't know if I, I, thought... I can. I can't list them. All. Biblical inerrancy, uh, uh, assholeery, assholeery, <laughs> yeah, um, dickery, yeah, general yeah. fuckery. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: No, I was. I was like, we're not talking about Islam anymore. No,
2: so no, no. Those are different and things. no homosexuality. <laughs> That's it. That's
0: what it yeah, is. Yeah. Those um, are the
2: five fundamentals for Christian fundamentalism. Cool. Which I mean, evangelicalism. And fundamentalism have a they're not always the same you know right. but, uh, but but they do
0: have an overlap
2: they do they do walk in lockstep quite a bit
1: Who step you U- might even U- <laughs> step. Uh, yeah yeah but I think, an piece. I think that's an important piece uh this that's it's pretty good the self-critical nature of it that's also what keeps things like um cults of personality at bay as well you mm. know is mm-hmm. is uh, is is the ability to to be critical, you know, and the ability to kind of be in conversation, um, and and so yeah, I think that's pretty important. I think that sort of helps to um, differentiate between different things. It's one of the reasons, you know, why something like uh, Trumpism can be called a Trumpism,
0: right? Yeah,
1: you know, because it's it lacks that critical apparatus, and and it becomes a A kind of a a way of seeing the world without question so so here's my question for you to go back to
2: the uh, episode that dropped earlier this week um when you talked about uh, the importance of smallness yes and uh, local localness like that seems like real fertile ground for all of these conditions that you're talking about Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. where power Rather than being disseminated up through a, an institutional denominational system, is uh, centered on one charismatic pastor. Yes, doing work in one location. Um, what? Uh, how? How? How can those who are thinking small and doing intentional small ministry combat that
1: urge? So I think. One way is to lean on the kind of small-scale cosmopolitanism of all communities, and so here's what I mean by that. Like in the town that I served in, even if I was the most charismatic pastor there, which I I I don't know if I was. I guess I might have been, but but I but even if I was or wasn't, I still had eight other congregations and, and established businesses and established you know, folks within these communities that that um, had voice and sway and, and things like that. And so um, a small-scale church or small-scale Christian community in a town um, would not be an insular thing.
2: Right. You know, it
1: would be a chorus thing. It, mm, would be, okay. it would be something that would say, yeah, this is what we're about, but, like, we're not about hiding. You know, we're, we're about openness and working with people and, and stuff like that. Um, but I think you're right, though. Like, I think that there's so like I think that's that's something that a lot of Baptists struggle with. Right. You know, the, the, the congregational quality and the nature of being able to be there until you, you please. You know, I think that there's there's that struggle. And, and Baptists in general have a really kind of loose. um sense of I'm going to say a loose sense of doctrine and all I really mean by that is not that they're not doctrinal but like they don't really necessarily have a have a sense of doctrine that applies to all Baptist churches right you know
0: yeah and I think that um you know the call to go and make disciples um in like the the great commission commission uh in Matthew 25 is not 28 28, you're right
1: Matthew twenty five um, is the uh, Jesus the,
2: the sheep and the goats, and and the the ten virgins, right? And the Right. That's, that's my stand. favorite story. And the parable of the talents. And <coughs> yeah,
0: is this what the kingdom of God is like? Uh, but the yeah, oh. the great <laughs> commission in Matthew twenty eight, uh, to go and make disciples of all nations, is uh, to make disciples in all. Like it's it's not the idea that like Christendom must dominate, but it's the idea that like christians should be in all of these places growing you know and, sure. and, and i think that that's the the kind of benefit to this is when you're when you are when your endeavor is like